The FCPA Compliance Report is the longest-running podcast in compliance, engaging a wide variety of compliance-related guests and topics. Each week, Tom Fox brings you the top commentators and information which will inform your compliance program going forward. Join us again for the top podcast in compliance, hosted by the voice of compliance, Tom Fox. The FCPA Compliance Report is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This is Tom Fox. I would like to welcome you to a special five-part podcast series I'm doing in conjunction with the Azevedo Sete Law Firm, which is headquartered in Sao Paulo, Brazil. The series is entitled From the Unthinkable to a Culture of Compliance, and it deals with issues important to U.S. companies and other companies doing business in Brazil. In episode one, I'm joined by Isabel Franco to talk about how the car wash, Lava Jato, changed a culture in the country. This special five-part podcast series on From the Unthinkable to a Culture of Compliance is a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'm extraordinarily pleased and thrilled to have with me Isabel Franco, partner at Azaveti. Uh, and today we're going to take up a fascinating topic of from the unthinkable to a culture of compliance. So, Isabel, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Well, thank you, Tom, very much. It's really more than a pleasure. It's an honor to be speaking um, on your podcast because I know it's an incredible success here in Brazil. Everyone listens to you. So thank you. I was wondering uh, if you could tell us a little bit about your current practice. Well, um, I have um, lived in the States for a long time, and then I decided to come back to Brazil so that I would work um, with compliance and was the FCPA in the States. I thought it was a great opportunity to come to Brazil, which a little bit over 10 years ago, there was absolutely nothing in terms of um, combat um, against corruption in the corporate world. So it was a great opportunity. Nowadays, we have a full team at Azevedo Lusace. We do compliance, uh, compliance programs of all sorts, policies and risk assessments, and we help with monitorships, trainings, full service in the area. And you practice in Sao Paulo primarily? In São Paulo, but we have offices in Belo Horizonte, Rio de Janeiro, Recife, Brasília, and Goiânia. So we're sort of cover the Brazilian territory. So, Isabel, I am a student of history, and rarely in history do you get to see a complete cultural change start at one point in time, but we have a luxury of that here. And it all started with a car wash. So can you tell the listeners what a car wash is in Brazil and what it started, most importantly? Yes, I usually say that Brazil has become a very sophisticated compliance market. I, I think it's second to the U.S. only in terms of advanced practices, investigations, and prosecution of white-collar crimes. And you're right, Tom, that's because of car, the car wash probe, as what we say here in Brazil in Portuguese, is the Lava Jato operation. It had incredible impacts in the Brazilian business world. I believe that car wash was the real cradle of the compliance 
when in Brazil. So it is worth remembering the car wash's uh, story, uh, which is one of the most important wars against corruption. It's unprecedented here in Brazil. It has even become a hit series on Netflix. It's called The Mechanism. I, I hear my friends all over the world watch it and really enjoy it. Car Wash started in 2014. At first, the press described it as the biggest corruption scandal in the history of Brazil. Then as other countries and foreign firms were dragged in, perhaps we could say it has become the biggest corruption scandal in in the world. In March 2014, Brazilian police investigating money laundering at a car wash in in Brasilia. Yes, car wash. That's why it became the car wash uh, operation. Uh, The police uncovered corruption at the state-owned oil company Petrobras where executives accepted bribes in return for awarding contracts to construction companies at inflated uh, prices. And more than 30 major corporations were found to have paid kickbacks to officers of Petrobras in return for infrastructure contracts. As you see, Tom, Petrobras no ordinary company. It accounted for more than an eighth of all investments in Brazil providing hundreds of thousands of jobs in construction companies, shipyards, and refineries, and forming business ties with major global uh, suppliers. So um, after Petrobras, Carwash expanded its list of targets, shifting from Petrobras to the infamous construction company Odebrecht. I'm sure you've heard about it. All your listeners did, too. Odebrecht had a department dedicated to bribes. It was known as the Division of Structured Operations, which laid out close to millions in illicit payoffs for more than 100 contracts in a dozen countries for years and years. Then the operation turned to JBS, one of the world's biggest meatpacking firms, with many subsidiaries in the United States. The web of corruption has been traced far beyond Brazil's borders. Dozens of foreign corporate suppliers, engineering equipment, power line, dragging rigs, and so forth and so on, also face regulatory and shareholder wing inquiries about the bribes they paid to secure contracts with Petrobras. Tom, at least a dozen other countries were involved in including several reputable international companies. For example, Rolls-Royce, hefty losses as a result of penalties imposed by Brazilian, UK, and US authorities. The World Cup and Olympics have also been sucked into the mired with fraud investigation, focusing on several of the stages used um, during the World Cup in 2014 and 2016. And the case went on to discover illegal payments of more than five billion U.S. dollars to company executives and political parties, put billionaires in jail, dragged the president into court, and and caused irreparable damage to the finances and reputations of some of the world's biggest companies. It also exposed a culture of systemic graft in Brazilian politics and provoked a backlash from the establishment fierce enough to bring down one government and leave another on the brink of collapse. The numbers are staggering. 
car wash brought more than a thousand warrants for the search and seizure, temporary and preventive detentions, and plea bargaining agreements against uh, business figures and politicians in numerous parties. That is the result of five years where the public was delighted that corruption was finally being exposed nationwide. Almost every day for so many years, details of a down raid by police or another shocking allegation were splashed across the front pages. More than two billion siphoned off Petrobras and bribes and secret payments for contract work, billions paid in bribes by the construction firm Odebrecht, and more than a thousand politicians on the take from the meatpacking firm JBS, dozens of companies implicated, at least 500 congressmen accused, four former presidents under investigation, former presidents of Brazil. I'm not even mentioning those in Latin America. So after these five years of confessions and convictions, plus billions of dollars in recovered bribes, the investigation has shaken political and economic and raised hopes that justice is fine to the rich and powerful. Brazilians now hope that Carbosh will ultimately have made Brazil a fairer and more efficient nation than run by cleaner politicians. That is why compliance has made such an incredible advance in Brazil. I, I usually say that Carbosh put a former president in jail, Lula, uh, caused the impeachment of our Madam President, Dilma Rousseff, ousted former President Temer, and ended up electing our, our new president, Jair Bolsonaro. This one, Bolsonaro, um, was elected because he stood on an anti-establishment ticket. So when I say the compliance is extremely sophisticated in Brazil, it's because the operation made extraordinary progress in our country. Come to think of it, investigations had to get executives to talk. Companies had to negotiate with prosecutors, which before car wash would have been unimaginable. A culture of impunity had long reigned in Brazil. But now several senators, congressmen, governors are in jail. Powerful businessmen have also been put behind bars including Marcelo Odebrecht, the head of the infamous construction company. Carwash has put in jail several of the country's leading businessmen. So more than any time in Brazil's history, uh, recent history, there is a genuine sense that nobody is above the law. So compliance came in to stay. Investigations take place everywhere in the country nowadays. Whistleblowers report on ethics channel all the time. It's a fantastic change of culture. The market demands to know who their partners are. Background checks and KYCs are a must. The world has completely changed here, and it's a change of no return. return. Isabel, how would you assess 
corporate compliance in Brazil. And I ask that because from my perspective, I see a great enthusiasm from the compliance profession. I see great stride in uh, the compliance um, uh, culture. And I see uh, corporations fully embracing compliance as a way to do business. What do you see from your perspective? You're absolutely right. I, I think that um, the car wash operation here has passed through Brazil like a tsunami. So companies have started to implement compliance programs, uh, not 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 only as a requirement of law, but as a guarantee of survival in a demanding market after car wash, where players do not feel that they can afford to do business with an unethical partner and, and then get burned by this partner. So the market has been more ruthless than any rule or authority. Companies are doing everything they can because they don't want to engage with partners that do not have a business reputational reputation for um, being ethical. The market demands that possible partners have a robust compliance program. Just to give you an example, Petrobras examines your program in depth before it gets into any agreement with you. And if it finds that essential elements are missing, it will refuse to do business or contract anybody. Or at least they say they will give you a deadline to fulfill the gap in your compliance uh, program. It, that's very interesting. It's, it's not exactly the authority that is the first one to go after you. It's, it's just that you cannot be a player in the market. Isabel, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time, but I was wondering if listeners wanted more information on yourself or the law firm, where could they go? They can go to our website. Our team has a special portion of the website dedicated to compliance only, and it's www.azevedo7. I am going to spell that. It's A-Z-E-V as in Victor, E. D as in David O, Sachi, S E, double T E, all together, dot com, dot BR. And or just write to me, uh, LinkedIn, uh, or my email that is on my website. I'll be more than happy to be in touch. Isabel, this has been a fascinating review of where compliance has been and where it is today in Brazil. I look forward to continuing the conversation with you and your team. Thank you, Tom. As I said, you're a hero here in Brazil. Everyone loves your podcast. It's a real pleasure to be part of it. Thank you. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this special five-part series I'm doing in conjunction with lawyers from the Azevedo Sete firm in Sao Paulo, Brazil. I'm going to link to their website in the show notes, so if you need any help in Brazil, check them out. I hope you will Join me again for another episode. This special series has been a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.